The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Pilate said to Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, Then you are a king. Jesus answered, You say I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. So we celebrate this feast of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. The tabernacle candle in the church burns this week in loving memory of Marjorie and Laville. The sanctuary flowers this week are in loving memory of Mary Milton and Baba Broussard and were donated by Martha Broussard. The second collection today is for the Catholic Campaign for Human Development. I want to thank all those who came out yesterday for our fall parish work day. Uh, indeed, a lot, of, a lot of progress around the campus uh, was done, a great time and great community offering. This coming Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, we'll offer Mass at 6 a.m. in English as normal and Latin Mass at 8 a.m. The Adoration Chapel will be open as usual on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, The parish office will be closed Thursday and Friday in observance of the holiday. This year we will resume our Advent Angels and Virtues activity for the youth of our parish. Each Sunday in Advent, children of all ages will be invited to stop in the vestibule before Mass and select an angel ornament that represents a special virtue. The ornaments will decorate the trees around our creche, and the children will practice the special virtue to prepare to celebrate our Lord's coming. Father Alex Harb, Maronite Catholic priest assigned to the St. Charbel Maronite Mission of Louisiana, is now in residence here at St. Agnes in the rectory. Uh, you'll be seeing him. He'll be celebrating the monthly St. Charbel Healing Mass as well as some of the weekday masses. So he'll be, uh, he'll be around. You may see him around the campus or at some of the masses here and there, uh, but certainly won't be, uh, won't be um, uh, assisting at masses to the same extent that Father Hill was uh, on account of his uh, being pastor of the Maronite Mission and uh, kind of moving around the state a good bit as well as uh, assisting at various other parishes in the diocese. Also, uh, in the bulletin this weekend, there's a little letter and some pictures of, uh, of Father Hill's uh, travels uh, to his retirement community in Pittsburgh. Uh, I flew up there with him uh, on Wednesday morning. Uh, we had a, a wonderful and pleasant flight, uh, if you can believe it. Uh, and so a little more information uh, is in the bulletin there to be able to, to talk about uh, that little trek that we had, as well as a few pictures uh, of his retirement community and information for being able to, to continue to stay in touch with him, the address that's there. On this last Sunday of the church year, we celebrate the feast of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe, which sounds like it should be more of a Marvel movie than the title of our blessed Lord, right? King of the Universe. 
It sounds a bit dramatic, if you will, but it's rightly deserved. Our Lord tells us, as we just heard in the gospel, that his kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is not here. And it is simply to say that his kingdom is not purely an earthly one, or merely an earthly one even. That certainly he establishes himself as a king, or at least claims it, and others call him by the same title. What our Lord has is dominion, like that of a king, but greater, over all things that exist. And so, rightly, king of the universe, not merely a king of a local place to neglect of the rest. He's bestowed, he receives this title, it's bestowed upon him, rightly again, because all things that exist came to be through him. Everything that, is, everything that exists, St. John's prologue and St. John's gospel tells us, all things that exist, exist because of him, and nothing exists without him. At the Lord's word, sins are forgiven. At the Lord's word, the dead rise. At the Lord's word, those who are sick instantly become healthy. And at the Lord's word, in the beginning, he said, let there be light, and it was. And let there be a whole variety of other things, and there were. This is true dominion. He has power to do these things. If any one of us would say, let there be an elephant right here in the front of the church, I would be quite surprised if it were to happen. Because we don't have that sort of dominion. We don't have that sort of power and authority to speak and let things simply be. But our Lord does. Whatever he wills happens. Whatever he says is done. This is true kingship. Elsewhere in the gospel, in the midst of his own passion, those who are persecuting him seek to tell him, you know, I have the authority, I have the power to let you go. And our Lord simply says, any power you think you have is only because it's given to you by the Father. You have no power unless it's been given to you. There is nothing that is yours. This cannot be said of Christ. He has power in himself as the Son of the Father, as the Word through whom all things are created and by which they are sustained. His kingship is far greater than anything this world sees. And part of this is the thing that terrifies those who are earthly kings. Those who have worldly power are afraid of the one. Note that whenever our blessed Lord, when he, in his infancy, when the, the shepherds come from the east and they come looking for the newborn king, all of that happens is fear in the heart of the leaders of the nation. Fear that something is happening that is greater than them that will threaten their power, threaten what authority they have. Theirs is a very limited authority that quakes at the presence of God. And so the response is that for the earthly kings, for worldly men, the king of the universe must be dethroned as much as possible in this world. And this is actually the reason that we celebrate this feast. It was only in 1925, not even 100 years ago, that Pope Pius XI instituted the feast of Jesus Christ, king of the universe. It was then that he was in the midst of, 
of between the world wars and seeing all that had happened on account of the of, of the false uh, the false ideologies uh, that in the, the the poor philosophy of the day that sought to be able to to make man the center of all things to dethrone god to set him aside so many political systems arising, communism, Marxism, and the rest, that would simply say, if we can get rid of God, then we, the persons in charge of this world, we can make everything the way we want. We can make paradise. We can make everything that is good and pleasing to us. We can have a heaven now. We just have to get rid of God to take him out of the picture. In so many ways, he's an inconvenience, a hindrance to us doing our thing. And so they seek in so many places and continuously in our world today to set God aside. Sometimes they do it in rather dramatic fashion of banning entire, uh, the, the exercise of the faith entirely. But in many places, they will allow the faith to persist as long as it's done privately or quietly, individually, but not communally. In so many ways, they would love for to see the church of Jesus Christ, they would love to see the faith lived inside the walls of the church, possibly inside the walls of one's home, but certainly not in the world, not in the streets, not in the voting booths, not in our politics, not in our, in our, our culture and society. Let God be banished from there then, and we can steadily and slowly, if even, make progress, they would say. And Pope Pius, recognizing this erroneous thought, this foolish thought that man can make heaven and paradise for himself in this world, he, recognizing this, gave us this feast of Christ the King so as to remind us that Christ is King of all things and that worldly men cannot make paradise. It is Christ alone who can do these things. It is God who is to be always present among us, And God always has a place in the world because the world exists only because of him. It is for us to take our faith that we receive and to ensure that it continues to to be brought to life in the culture around us. That God's name is not lost or forgotten or set aside, but always is prominent. That his will is done, not just privately in our homes, but in the world around us and the living of our daily lives. Christ belongs there. He belongs there in all moments, not just a few, not just a few places. It is typical also on the Feast of Christ the King to uh, reassert, if you will, this prominence of God and this power of God, the authority of God and the kingship of God with uh, a celebration of a procession. I neglected to prepare and to plan for that, so we didn't have it this year. Uh, so I will ask you all to remind me next year. Father, are we having the procession on the Feast of Christ the King? And for me to go, oh, yes, yes, we are. It would be helpful for you all to, to give me a little heads up uh, for the future for my inadequacies. Maybe my, my, uh, make, make a note on my calendar now. But it's uh, to celebrate this feast, and, and, and the, reason that the, the reason that the Eucharistic procession would take place is to take Christ who remains here, who remains in the tabernacle, and to bring him out to the streets so that he can be processed around and so that the church can, can, can follow our Lord and that Christ can be in the world, not just here in the church. That the world can see that Jesus is here, 
Jesus belongs here. That Jesus is the one who ultimately rules this, this community, this parish, this state, this country, this world. It is his. Also to that end, on the Feast of Christ the King, as a wonderful gift of a plenary indulgence offered for us uh, for uh, making a public act of consecration to the, of, the sake of, the, of the human race to the sacred heart of Jesus. And so it's this that I would like to offer and to pray with you now. Be reminded that a plenary indulgence can be gained. A plenary indulgence is complete remission of all temporal punishment due to sin. Uh, if a soul is in purgatory, um, they are freed from purgatory. They are dispensed of all punishment that is due to them and able to enter into the glory of the Lord. And for ourselves, we can remit our own punishment for ourselves individually. The usual conditions applying, those being to be able to go to sacramental reconciliation within 20 days before or after today. So sometime uh, in the last three weeks or next three weeks to get to sacramental reconciliation or confession, to be able to pray for the intentions of our Holy Father, to be able to, uh, to have a, fr- uh, a freedom from all attachment to sin, uh, and to be able to receive Holy Communion, which we, of course, can do today here at this Holy Mass. And so I'd invite you uh, to join with me in the praying of this prayer. If you somehow manage to, to find it on your phone, feel free to, uh, to follow along with me, or if you have it in a prayer book, to do so. But it suffices for you simply to align your hearts with the words that are being spoken, to allow them uh, to touch your soul, uh, and to be able to, to unite yourself with them uh, in the praying of it. So again, this act of consecration of the human race to the sacred heart of Jesus. Most sweet Jesus, Redeemer of the human race, look down upon us, humbly prostrate before thy altar. We are thine, and thine we wish to be. But to be more surely united with thee, behold, each one of us freely consecrates himself today to thy most sacred heart. Many indeed have never known thee. Many too, despising thy precepts, have rejected thee. Have mercy on them all, most merciful Jesus, and draw them to thy sacred heart. Be thou king, O Lord, not only of the faithful who have never forsaken thee, but also of the prodigal children who have abandoned thee. Grant that they may quickly return to their father's house, lest they die of wretchedness and hunger. Be thou king of those who are deceived by erroneous opinions, or whom discord keeps aloof, and call them back to the harbor of truth and unity of faith, so that soon there may be but one flock and one shepherd. Be thou king also of those who sit in the ancient superstition of the Gentiles, and refuse not thou to deliver them out of darkness into the light and kingdom of God. Grant, O Lord, to thy church assurance of freedom and immunity from harm. Give peace and order to all nations and make the earth resound from pole to pole with one cry. Praise to the divine heart that wrought our salvation. To it be glory and honor forever. Amen. We offer the prayer for our Holy Father's intentions. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.